Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, folks, we are going to have to soldier on and catch up a little bit uh, after a, a, a very sad week off. But uh, we want to talk a little bit of national preview for the men. Uh, and then we want to start looking ahead to what we think that's going to do to the rankings. Also on this podcast, a special interview with John King, the head coach of Alvernia, uh, who is the chair of the D3 Men's National Championship Committee this year. So he is the man this year running the show. So we're excited to have him on. Uh, but first, let's talk about a little tournament in Georgia called the Chick-fil-A Invitational hosted by Barry College for the ladies. All right. So in Georgia, up at Stonebridge Golf Club, uh, fantastic track up in Rome. Uh, the winners of the Chick-fil-A this year were Huntington College with a plus 58 of two rounds, 312-330. Played tough the second day. Uh, but a nice win by the Huntington ladies. Uh, they're followed by Christopher Newport, uh, Piedmont third, Otterbein fourth, Barry fifth, Oglethorpe sixth. Methodist had a B team there that finished seventh. Uh, South Southern Virginia, eighth, Transy, nine, Swanee's B team, 10, Birmingham Southern, 11, out, uh, Averett tied for 12th with Millsaps and Maryville College, Tennessee, rounding out the field. On the individual side, we had, uh, Maddie Stokes from Christopher Newport finish first. She was nine over total. She, uh, fired a 79, then followed up with a 76. She beat uh, Mary Beth Gaynor from Methodist University by one stroke, as well as Tegan Fritz from Barry College. They both finished tied for second. We had three tied for fourth, Emma McGreal from Otterbein University, Brianna Willis from Huntington College, and Aaron Donovan from Piedmont University all finished at plus 12. At tied for seventh, we had Abriana Carstens from Oglethorpe University, Mary Charles Davis from Huntington College, and Caroline Culbertson from Huntington College. We, and then we had four ladies tied for 10th. Caitlin Chilito from Piedmont University, Sydney Richards from Southern Virginia, uh, Katie Watson from Christopher Newport, and we had uh, Amani Narang from Sweetbriar College who was playing as an individual. Uh, so a nice performance by ladies. I, I don't think it really changes much from a nationals or college rankings perspective, but uh, a nice tournament to kind of close up the fall for some teams. You know, I think that's uh, good. You know, Huntington, Christopher Newport, like looking at having a little momentum going into going into the into the winter break for the ladies. And so, talking a little bit of that about that ladies tournament, but boy, it's going to be hard to not talk a lot about the NCAA preview at Boulder Creek. And man, what a great golf tournament this was! First of all, let's just say that the difference in strokes between number one and number two is 25 shots, 25 shots. Um, and the number one team beat the number two team by 20 shots on day three. So three day tournament neck and neck until the last day. Now, evidently the guys in Methodist got really upset that we did not have them ranked number one in the D three golf guys poll. Well, they proved that they knew exactly what they were doing because they come out with a 301 on day one. Day one, we saw videos from that. Windy is all get out. 
everything coming off the golf course, just blowing. They had to, they were worried about pin positions, about balls blown off greens. Okay, t- tough day. Still some good scores out there, by the way, on a tough day, cold and windy. Weather improved, some adjustments in the different course set up. And then lo and behold, here come the scores. So <clears throat> Methodist comes out day two, 283. Pretty good. They're right there. They're in the lead. They've got the lead. And then on round three, they go out and shoot 22 under 266. Let me let me say that again just for everybody out there. 22 under 266. Here's here's the crazy part about that round. They counted two doubles. Two doubles in their scores for 266. Uh, Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable playing. Uh, Just, I mean, that's the best team score I've seen in Division Three in a long, long, long time. I don't know that I've ever seen one better. We'll we'll ping uh, Lance Ringler and see if he remembers anything else, but uh, we need to find our own version of Justin Ray in uh, for D3 uh, college golf, but I absolutely demolished the field on the last day. I mean, Carnegie finishes second at 11 over. Great playing. They were two under. They go 303, 286, 286. Back-to-back under par rounds. Rock solid. They got beat by 25 shots. Uh, okay, uh, when we put our new rankings out for the men next week, uh, I'm pretty sure Methodist is going to be number one. But let's run down the list here. So Methodist blows away the field. They finish first. Carnegie Mellon with a really nice closeout of the fall. They kind of stubbed their toe early. I think a little bit of hangover from national championship, but they're right back to where we thought they would be. Washington and Lee comes in at third, tied with Emory. Um, and Emory closed hard, too. Uh, Emory did not pl- handle the windy first day very well. Uh, Washington Lee played nicely. 310 the first day, not great. 281, 285. Very good, rock solid. Emory goes 313 day one, 289 day two, and then they come in with 274, 14 under. So, uh, literally, Methodist was 22 under on the third round. Emory was 14 under on the, th- on the third round. I-, I don't know. That doesn't get much better than that. Um, and to me, when you look at this, yes, Emory had a bad first day, but there's clearly a, a, a two person kind of track here with Methodist and Emory can really do stuff that I don't know that other people are capable of doing. Uh, going on from there, Illinois Wesleyan shows up really nicely here. Fifth place finished rock solid. Sewanee goes out there and does exceptionally well. They were actually in the hunt. They were in the lead after the first day with the only score under 300, they fall back a little bit on day two, day three, 288, even par. They finish solo six, but still a really good performance out of them. It's going to be interesting to see in the spring that Swanee Oglethorpe head-to-head is going to continue to go back and forth. I think whichever one loses is probably in nationals anyway, but that'll be an interesting kind of who's got the leg up as we get into there. Uh, Pomona Pitzer comes in, and they close really nicely as well. They come in seventh. Babson College at eight. Now, we got some words out of the Babson crew that they didn't like where they were in our rankings. This will improve things because this is coming to the big big table and, and showing up. Uh, University of Texas, Dallas uh, ties with Shriner and ninth. So you got the two Texas schools there tied for ninth. 
Interesting, from the Northwest, Willamette comes into the preview. They finish 11th. I, I love seeing Willamette get in here, but again, like, okay, 11th place, not bad. They they finished above some people, uh, so a good performance. Wittenberg, 12th. Here's one of the shockers. St. John's, 13. I was shocked that St. John's did not play better in this tournament. I really thought, especially when I saw what the weather was in the first day, I said, Minnesota guys, it's going to favor them. They shot 311 that first day, 303, 288, even part of the last day. So good, but just put themselves too far behind. Um, 13th play finish for St. John's. Okay, that, that one hurt them because how many more times are they going to see Illinois Wesley or the Washington and Lees and the Babsons and the Texas at Dallas? And that's not going to help their case since they didn't win conference. As we talk later on about Pool C, we're going to have to go through some more of this kind of stuff. Uh, Piedmont finishes 14th, Hampton Sydney 15th, Redlands 16th, Cal Lutheran 17th, and Alvernia 18th. Interesting here, P- P- Pomona Pitzer finishes 7th, great performance, but Redlands and California- Cal Lutheran are at the bottom of this table. And that does not bode well for California being able to kind of stick around with multiple teams into that top 25. So that's probably going to have an impact on the rankings on the men's side as well. All right, let's talk individuals. So you might say Methodist killed it. They did great. They obviously had an individual win, right? No. Grayson Maddox from Sewanee, 10 under par. He goes 70, 65, 71. It, it's unbelievably great played. Uh, and then Cameron Capuzzo from Methodist, six under total, 71, 71, 68. David Digo Augustino, who's play, was playing number five to start with, goes 80, 70, 63. And he's one of the guys that had a double, I think. It, and so you're like, oh, my God, he almost went 80, 70, 60. You imagine 80, 70, 60? That'd be unbelievable. Uh, he didn't. So David ties for third with his other teammate, Aiden Spampanato, uh, who finishes t- uh, three under 74, 71, 68. And John Kim from Pomona uh, goes 70, 75, 68. Uh, so the golf course was giving up some birdies and, and some eagles on uh, round three, uh, which, I, you know, at this point, I'm trying to figure out what, what to look at for nationals. I, who knows? I've got. Massive chaos in the first round. I've got birdie fest eagles all over the place in the third round. Folks, it's going to be an exciting national championship. All right, let's keep going down the list here. Uh, J.F. Aber from Wittenberg finishes tied for sixth with Cannon Crane from Washington and Lee. Bobby Bobin from Illinois Wesleyan. Tomas Amaya from Babson College. All even par for the tournament. Uh, Good play in there. Uh, Justin Chan from Carnegie Mellon finishes solo 10th. And then we get to 11th. You get Jackson Klutznick from Emory and Josh Wright from Wittenberg, both tied at 11. And then you had three tied at 13th. Jonathan McEwen from Washington and Lee, Jake Sittlery from Schreiner, and David Zhang from Carnegie. So, you know, a great tournament, but just the swings of those, of the rounds was just crazy. Where you have the first round, it's crazy crazy, crazy weather, and one team breaks 300, and then you get round three where six or seven teams are under par. I, I Like, 
those things just don't uh, things don't tend to collide very often. All right, so that's the preview. It's super exciting. I'm I'm excited to kind of go back and we'll have we'll talk more about the men's rankings that we put out next week on next week's podcast. Uh, but I, I, I Methodist is clearly a number one going into the into the winter break after this performance. Clearly, I think Emory is a very close two. I think it's going to get really interesting to see kind of what falls out after that. I think this tournament had a really good. Uh, this tournament will have some impact on the national championships, which is why it's it's really exciting. I'm, I'm excited to go up and see the course. Uh, there's two courses that we're going to play on. I, I don't know. I think they only played on one, uh, but this will be the one we play the last two days, which is why it's it's on the preview. But uh, super excited about that. All right, now uh, I'm happy to announce that we will continue our relationship with Titleist this year. Uh, we have worked with the guys at Titleist for a while. We've got a whole bunch of Division Three guys uh, that uh, work at Titleist. Uh, several of them from the Midwest, uh, good friends of ours. So, as we were talking out and kind of working out some stuff, one of the things they talked to me about because I was complaining that the Pro V1X, I get the height, but it's too spinny. Um, but I want to play Pro V1, it I don't get the height. And they said, Mike, why don't you play Pro V1X left dash? And I went, left, excuse me, left dash? No, I, I, I didn't get door dash. What are we talking about? No, no, left dash. And I got to tell you, I put it in play this week, and it's been awesome. I'm getting the height, but it's not as spinny. Um, so look, it, it, what it tells me is if you're looking for a new golf ball, you got to go get fit by the Titleist guys. They know what they're talking about. Uh, so I'm now playing a Titleist Pro V1X left dash, and I could not be happier. I, I'm keeping the ball in play a little bit more, which is usually a, a thing for me, but I'm still getting the height and spin that a, a, tip, a traditional low ball player is always looking for. So once again, always go check out our friends at Titleist. We love having them be a part of our crew. And I'm excited to have them part of D3 Golf Guys for the foreseeable future. So thank you again from our friends at Titleist. All right. Now, uh, I'd like to get to our interview with John King from Alvernia University. All right. Joining me tonight from Alvernia University, Coach John King. Coach King, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, now, John, we have to we have to admit that this conversation's been due for a while. Uh, John reached out because he's he's the chairman of the D three uh, championship committee this year, and he had an idea, and he wanted to do something at nationals to bring some stuff in here. And he he sends me an email. He goes, "Hey, I, I I'm looking for an audience." I go, "Well, funny enough, I'm going to start the podcast back up." So we've been working on this conversation for several months now. Uh, and, and coach, here we are, we're, we're false is complete. We've had an NCAA preview and we've had all kinds of other interesting stuff happen to make your yes, job and have. the committee's job even more hard. Uh, but welcome to the podcast. I, I'm excited to have you on. And I, I hear that you may have been a listener. Oh, absolutely. I'm a listener. Um, and so also know a couple of the guys, I assume that those who have sat in the seat that I'm in now and had this conversation with you are almost always circling back to listen to the next uh, couple of episodes. I, I assume that's why your your download numbers keep growing. Um, they, yes. And so 
I know those guys are listening, and I know several of those guys you've had a conversation with, and I look sort I look forward to chatting with them after this is over too. Well, absolutely. Uh, so first off, uh, first off, question for you, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be the Alvernia golf coach here at some point, but, That's but great. before that, you got to be you have to be the NCAA Division Championship Committee first. Then we'll talk some more about Alvernia. Uh, but so you just came back from the NCAA preview out in uh, out in Boulder City. Uh, just a little bit southeast, kind of towards the dam from Vegas. Uh, That's right. Give our give give my audience a sense of the the conditions from day one to day three because <laughs> day one we get one score under three hundred and day three we've got Methodist at twenty two under and Emory at fourteen under and we're trying to figure out is this the same golf course? What's going on out there? Yes, I can uh, I can verify that it was indeed the same golf course. We. Okay. Um, this is desert golf, man. When the wind blows and when the wind doesn't blow, and when the wind doesn't blow, it's it's five miles an hour, right? That's a low wind, and that's what we had probably late Monday into Tuesday. Um, Monday or Sunday's forecast was, I think, twenty five mile an hour sustained winds with gusts near forty, <laughs> and there were certainly, uh, I think we got every bit of that to be honest, being out there based on what and, I saw. And, yeah, and temperatures weren't, uh, you know, those of us who don't get to the desert much sort of assume it's always shorts and a polo weather. Uh, <laughs> trust me, uh, Sunday was not necessarily shorts and polo weather. Uh, yeah, I, I saw and, toboggans and rain pants and all kinds of fun yeah. stuff. Yes, you did. Um, and it's also, you know, I should tell you this for the people who really want to sort of go deep in the setup stuff. That was the winds out of the north at Boulder City in the, the end of October. They tell me that um, prevailing wind in May is likely the complete opposite direction. So while we got to learn what the course looks like and where you hit it when it's howling 25 down, uh, you know, there's a chance that we get back in May and it's and it's now 25 headwind uh, and it's a completely different experience. That would be every experience I've ever had with uh, NCAA previews. Is, yes. yeah, don't pay any attention to this because I remember we were at Mission Inn a couple years ago for the men. And it was playing this, and they were like, well, this is how it's going to play in the spring. They're like, what? Like, yeah, it's going to play completely different. Like, what? Yeah, it'll be firm and fast. They're like, well, you guys keep saying hit this here, and it'll roll. And it's not rolling. I'm like, yeah, but that's what you're going to have to do in in, in, in six months when we're right back here. So I, I I can relate to that. I can relate to that experience. Yeah, it's it's been – this is the first time. You know, I, I have to thank uh, John Schoberg at Emory for giving us the invitation, allowing me to bring my team out there. Uh, and play in this event first time into a national preview it's just it's a treat to tee it up with the best teams in the country and have an opportunity to talk to those coaches a little bit more about you know what makes a difference in the student athlete experience um so i got to get that little shout out in first um yeah but i am i am definitely looking forward to what how different this looks when we come back in may yeah um and see what we can do to again the, the priority is is the experience of student athletes but we want to make this um, we want to make this a four day setup that really determines who the best team in the country is, uh, and and we're going to find ways to test them. Yeah, and I you know I think we've done a good job with that over the last year, uh, several years. You know, there was a, some lean years back when um, my my old uh, character was out there um, <laughs> doing some things. But uh, in the in the last ten to fifteen, man, we it, it, we've done a really good job of kind of getting the men's game there. I think we need to focus on the women's game a little bit more, but. Um, yeah, but but we're gonna but it continues to just get better and better. And I'm I'm curious, how did this selection come about? Because I know UNLV is hosting. 
um, along with the Las Vegas convention, but it, this would be very untraditional for division three where we don't have sort of that division three school hosting in its area. Although, you know, sometimes we host in like nearby areas, but how did that kind of come about? Yeah, well, this was, this um, is the tail end, or actually I guess the middle a little bit of a bid cycle that probably goes back um, four or five years when this started. And just a little bit of information for the listeners on how the bid process works. You know, anybody in the division can go through that process and connect themselves to a golf course, um, you know, put themselves in as a host, or we've had conferences hosted. We have, you know, thank God for Oglethorpe and their willingness to host six hours away from, from campus because Mission Inn is a great place to host the championship. Um, but you go through this process and then the committee working with the NCAA and, and uh, you know, the good folks there have to make a decision on who's going to be the host. Uh, you have to, from my experience, you have to pair it with um, with a good lo- local host. And sometimes that's a Division three university or, like I said before, a conference. The the folks at the Go Orlando Sports, um, the, you know, they sort of modeled what it means to be a local visitors bureau or convention. Mm-hmm. They do a phenomenal job down there. Uh, having now met with the LVCVA um, and the the team at Boulder Creek, um, I got no concerns about the people that are helping us run this championship. That's great. Um, That's great. Uh, and I, I, you know, I have have been to all of those kinds of different uh, national championships, and what usually what we find is is actually when it's not hosted by a school, it's it's even better. Uh, because that, that they're there to bring people to that area, and and they're showing everybody out, and they're used to some of the fundraising and events and this and that. And so uh, they usually do a pretty good job. So I'm excited to get out there in May. And, and just for everybody else's, the national championship this year is, is May 14th through the 17th at Boulder Creek Golf Club and Legacy Golf Club in Boulder City, Nevada. Uh, so if you haven't already marked that on your schedule, uh, do that. And the selection announcement will be made Monday, May 6th, which brings me to the process that, we go through to kind of select nationals is um, and we're going to get more into this, but, but coach kind of walk, walk my audience through sort of what's that process and and what kinds of field sizes are we looking at? I know it's not always, we can't say definitely right now because there are some things that move from time to time, Um, but kind of walk, walk my audience through that overall process and sort of what the expectations are from, from you guys from a committee right now. Yeah, so I'll sort of outline it, and then any of these that you want to get into more detail, feel free to sort of um, stop me or, or tag it on to the end here. But basically, we start with the number of institutions that sponsor the sport of men's golf, right? That number is an important starting point. And for us, that's the number is 298 mm-hmm. uh, right now. And so we divide that by what the NCAA determined access ratio. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term access ratio to refer to two different things, and we'll try to keep them separate. But I think sometimes we get into these golf conversations and they're intentionally confusing just so we can keep a little bit of, well, you know, wiggle room. Everybody um, has it, a little bit is, of that. Every sport has a little bit of that. No doubt. Um, so 298 is where we start total institutions that sponsor the sport divided by seven, which is the number that the, the NCAA decides uh, we're going to use for determining field size. That gives us our, in most sports, our bracket size in the sport of golf of field size. And that's mm-hmm. 43 for us. So field size will be 43. Uh, teams come May. Then we do the number of conferences in Division Three 
that sponsor the minimum number of teams to be able to um, earn an automatic qualifier. Uh, I, I love the automatic qualifier conversation. You know, we can go deep down that rabbit hole in another podcast, but yeah. you know, everybody sort of understands it from the March Madness perspective. Yes. Right? I, I understand how how teams get in as, as AQs who aren't in the top 50 in the country, right? right. So that number for us this year will be 34. Mm-hmm. So uh, 43 team field size minus the automatic qualifiers. Now we're down to nine. Right, nine more schools that need to be selected for the championship. Um, you know, I, I know you understand this, but again, talking to some of the people who may be tuning in or downloading you for the first time here, we we move into Pool B, which is the independent institutions. These are the schools that do not belong to a conference that is large enough to earn an automatic qualifier. Uh, there are thirteen eligible Pool B teams. Um, I'm going to back up real quick. I'm going to I'm going to bring you in on that other access ratio number. Yep. We take uh, we take the total number of teams that are eligible for Pool A. That's the automatic qualifiers. We divide that by the total number of automatic qualifiers that we have. That's 34. And we get an access ratio. This year, I think it's 8.29, somewhere in that range, right? So that's that second access ratio I'm talking about. We apply that number to the total number of eligible Pool B teams to get the total number of Bs that will be selected for the field. So... 13 divided by 8.294 is like one and a half. Uh, that number is truncated, right? So now we're going to go, yeah, down to go back to, to algebra and, and, and understand that it's not rounded. It is 1.57. Yeah. So you would round it to two, but in this case, we truncate it. That gives you one pool B. Yeah. Then we take everybody who's left in pool B. We put them back into pool C with all those fine folks who didn't earn an automatic qualifier. And we have that uh, selection of eight more teams, right? So yeah. 34 A's, a B, and eight C's will be okay. the the field construction for May at Vegas. Perfect. And what is the likelihood that that will change by the time nationals comes around? Uh, I would say a 0% chance of that. Perfect. That's That's what we like to hear. Right. So that's the number. (laughs) Uh, So look, and you said that extremely well, and this is going to be great uh, for everybody who is like, I don't understand. Hold on. He's just laid it off from when we get to pool C, that's going to be like three podcasts worth of stuff. And it's also going to be part of the, the thing that you've heard on this podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, which is rankings and head to head and everything else. And there's a litany list of stuff that goes through one loss percentage and head to head and versus common components. And this is what we have done in the, 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 the rankings and this and that years and years and years and years, we have worked hard in, in the coaching industry, in the Division three golf world, to create a formula that says we can fairly dip, dip, figure out who in Pool C goes to Nationals. So, Coach, I'm not even going to let you talk about that because I'm going <laughs> okay. to I'm going to play defense for you here a little bit. All right, that's what I did best in Division three basketball. I played defense better than, better than most. Uh, so, I, it, there is and look because one of the reasons why I'm not going to let you answer this is I don't know how you guys are going to do this. Uh, without some of the skills, the tools that we've had historically, um, aka we had golf stat fully up and running, and this year we have uh, half a golf stat. Um, Understood. Now, great. Now here's the other part, which I will also defend is I was like the first class that had golf stat, so like we did this beforehand. It wasn't great, but of course back then there was no such thing as automatic qualifiers. Everything right. was regionally based. Right. It's so having played in the Southeast where you've got 
uh, Methodist and Greensboro and Emory and everybody else. It was like, yeah, yeah, uh, you, you could be the best team in your conference. It doesn't matter because there's only seven teams coming from the South. And if you're not in the top seven of those teams, and back then, Guilford was awesome with Coach Jensen and uh, Methodist winning yep. 10 national championships in a row. We we're like, right. how, do, how do we figure out if we can get to seven or six? Um, right. So it was it was very different back then. But w- w- I will spend hours over the next several weeks uh, explaining Pool C. And, and, and Coach has been nice enough to kind of give me all the, the stuff there, which I, I was happy to say that I think I could have probably regurgitated pretty closely. Uh, maybe sure. not in actual terms, but... Uh, I'd have gotten close enough having uh, having done that calculus a few times myself uh, while standing on a 16th tee box par three on a couple of tournaments in the late spring. So, uh, well, this is and, and I've got some experience sitting in my my career started in sports information. I did 20 years of that, and that sort of informs some of the things that are priorities for me. Uh, yeah, I knew I liked you. Hosting I, a I knew I knew I liked you for some reason. As a as a former sports information director myself for one year, I was finishing graduate school. Uh, you know, love and hug on your SIDs. We should pay them yeah. more so they can send out phonetic spellings of people's names to yes, some please. random podcast guy who's talking about <laughs> Division Three golf. Because I just constantly butcher names and I constantly get you know things. And I've had people say, "Oh, this is how you pronounce our school name," and I'm like, "I've been saying it the other way for like 25 years. It's gonna be really hard for me not to say it." Right. Yes. That's right. Um, we've all gone through that. And we've yeah. all, you know, at at any place that you're sort of when we got into webcasting, man, that sort of that need took off. But yeah, but I, I wanted to say this, this selection experience, you know, I, I sat in the office of my athletic director a couple of times on he was on the baseball committee, worked himself, you know, all the way up into management council of the NCAA. And so, you know, it was sort of a tip of the cap to me to, to Bill Stiles, the athletic director of Alvernia, who modeled what it means to um, you know, get yourself into positions of leadership and service to the NCAA and the committee work that I think is, you know, without that, these things don't happen. But, you know, the funny thing that you reminded me of, I, um, I never forget this. I, uh, I walked into his office. He was just sitting down. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. We just happened to, you know, which is not a rare day for an SID to be on campus. Nope. And I said, you know, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, we're doing the, the NCAA baseball selection call. And he had two Wawa hoagies on his desk. Right? <laughs> and, and it wasn't. It wasn't that he was just that hungry at the moment. He no. just knew that the conversation was going to be two meals worth of time. So yes. he was, that's what you had to do to prepare to, to get into a selection call. Um, and I think we've come a long way. We're making progress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we'll continue to do it. Every year we get a little bit better at it. Uh, at, 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 I, I saw this earlier this year and I couldn't believe it, but uh, I watched Jim Owen using a computer to enter things into a group calendar. And I couldn't believe what I said. I'm like, wait a minute. The guys lived off of the back of a napkin for, for hundreds of years. Progress yes. is happening out there. I don't know how, but, uh, but coach knows that, uh, that I was like, wait, you're doing what? How? Right. You have a computer on your desk. Wait a second. I, I just got a, a calendar that came from coach Owen and it was paper. Yep. Stapled the top left corner. Yeah. Folded over. Mm-hmm. And it was very evidently ta- the picture was very obviously taken on the steering wheel of a golf cart. So yep. that that whole thing tracks. That, but now that, to have him on the computer, let's yes. Here that, we go, John. You just explained the last thirty years of my life. Okay, or admit, you're not quite thirty, <laughs> but it's getting close. It's definitely twenty five. Right. Uh, all right. So so John, look, thank you so much for talking about nationals. We're gonna we'll we'll have you on, and you'll be sitting down next to me out in Boulder City later this year. 
Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about Alvernia and the golf program and what you guys have going on out there. First of all, tell the audience where Alvernia is. So Alvernia is located uh, just outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. We are an hour northwest of Philadelphia. Got it. That's the the Hest the Wawa reference for those those of you out there. uh, All my Philadelphia friends love them some Wawa. Uh, As they should. Yeah, as they should. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one. I used to go to a spot, uh, uh, one airport somewhere up there that was there, like, there was one, you could drive up to it. It was right outside the airport, or like right where you did the rental car return. It was the best, like, stop at the Wawa, get gas, get stuff to go into the airport with you, gum or whatever it was. So, uh, so, I, so yeah. I know you're, in a, I know you appreciate van stories, right? Oh, so, gosh. Uh, um, so our van is almost, um, automatically goes right into the local Wawa anytime we leave campus. It drives itself. I don't, it it, it it just goes. It knows where it's going. You know, the the funny thing is they've built two new ones that are both within like a mile and a half of campus. So now it doesn't matter if we're going to the North, the East or the West to play. There is a Wawa for us to pass. Where you go. So I did the math once a couple of years ago and actually tweeted at, at the Wawa account to say, I think we've spent in the neighborhood of five to $6,000 in your stores over the last 10 years, just getting the golf tournaments. Um, and there was a little fun back and forth on our social account. Well, that's good. Um, recounting those stories. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, coach, t- tell us a little about your team, kind of w- where you guys are in your program, the current team, um, you know, d- do a little bit of this and then I'm gonna give you a chance to, to, to pitch, pitch the audience on why they should come play golf at, at Alvernia. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I think we have one of the best home courses in our peer group. Uh, we played a place called Ledrock Golf Club, uh, ledrockgolf.com. You can look it up and see for yourself. Uh, it is just cracking into the golf digest rankings in the state of Pennsylvania, which if you know anything about golf in Pennsylvania, that is an accomplishment in and of itself. Yes. Um, my, my good friends at Rochester might argue that uh, theirs might be better, but keep going. Oh, oh yeah. I, it's, well, so I have to, so then I'll qualify that because uh, I love coach Dan. And yes. if we want to have this conversation, when it comes to um, proximity, access, and quality. There you go. Uh, I okay. think when we sort of rank on those Got things, it. we are, uh, I, so I will continue to say, among the best in our peer group. Um, <laughs> but I will also say this. If if your reaction is going to be to think of Rochester first when I say peers, I feel very humbled by that. Yes. Um, yes. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ledrock Golf Club is about a five-minute drive down the road. Uh, one of the top 50 private practice facilities in the country for the last four years. Places like Valhalla, the Country Club of Atlanta. A lot of impressive courses on that. So, to me, the the golf experience is going to be on the level of anything else when it comes to when it comes to that side of it. What I tell guys when we're recruiting them, and, and I would say this message to to anyone where any time your your college experience is going to be um, even if you max out on golf, 40 percent of your time, right? So when you visit, make sure that you see yourself taking classes there. You can see yourself walking that campus. We have expanded our campus recently. Um, We are what I would consider a a suburban campus to start. We now lease a building in Reading City. That's about uh, a 10 minute drive from what I'll call main campus. Uh, We've added engineering. Uh, Our business department is down there. Our communications. Uh, We do nursing, occupational therapy in the city. We we have a state of the art nursing facility. Um, Yeah. And, and, Again, I, I've got to thank the the rest of the coaches that I've been able to develop a relationship with for for continuing to 
um, you know, expand on their field size to to include schools from all over the country, including us. Um, you know, we get invitations from Hampton, Sydney. Uh, Coach Wesley at Rochester, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. He's he's given me a lifetime contract to the Hershey Cup because probably um, it's probably 10, 12 years ago now I went out. Uh, we we earned our way into that field. It's it is a prestigious field to play locally in this in this area. Um, I show up on day one, and Coach Dan is collecting scorecards to call back to his SID and give him hole by hole numbers over the phone. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Uh, I'm, I said, "Tomorrow I'm bringing my computer." Yeah. So I brought my computer back for day two. I sat next to him and entered in hole by hole scores into the stat crew, you know, which then had to be sort of exported and imported into Gostat. <laughs> um, but when I saved him that hassle. You know, he was like, "You got a lifetime. Yep. You got a lifetime. That's what it's here. all about, yeah. man. That's what. <laughs> so, that's how we work at so, D three, John. That's how we work at D three. <laughs> that's right. Um, and and so that's. But you just you just find people like that all across. To your point, of Division three. There are there are some of the best people you're going to ever meet uh, in the sport of golf, specifically um, across Division three. And we just try at Alvernia to to keep up with that. It's important for me to provide the best possible experience that I can for the student athletes who choose to be at Alvernia. Um, one thing I tell people who ask me questions about what it means to be a coach, I love the opportunity to um, provide an experience for uh, a student athlete who, who would never otherwise get that without us. Right. I, I think of a, a student who um, got into a playoff for a player of the year uh, at Hershey uh, when our conference played there. Uh, long story short, he ends up making a, a 35 foot putt on the 18th hole to extend a playoff to another hole. And we're walking back to the cart to go to the next hole for the playoff. And he says, like, coach, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. And to have somebody have that experience. And in that moment, be able to say, have the awareness to say, wow, this is really, this is a big deal for me. Like that's, those are the type of things that are rewarding. I, I had a couple of experiences out in Vegas with some of my guys um, where they just said, Hey coach, can you come help me through this next shot or this putt and read this? And, um, you know, if you follow us on Instagram at Alvernia golf, um, I expect that number to climb this week. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you can see some of the stories that we share when we're out there. Um, and it's just, it's about the joy of experiencing team golf, um, at, at our level. It's a level where, you know, you can play. I was telling the guys too, you got to find your level, find where you can participate, find where you can contribute. Um, find where you fit. Um, yep. I've seen yeah, a lot I, of kids appreciate- force their way to division one and sit and not do anything. And I'm like, man, you'd have gone to division three. You'd have been a starter as a freshman. You'd be so much happier, but yeah. 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 You know, and you can never convince somebody. And I don't think that's our job that, that that's going to be their experience. They, they sort of have to experience that for themselves. And sometimes yeah. I would say sometimes they have, they're, they're big enough men that they can say a semester or a year into it. You know what? This was the wrong call. I'm going to go now. Maybe I'm not saying they come back to Alvernia, but maybe they do go find a place mm-hmm. uh, where they fit and where they can, where they can contribute. Um, so yeah, those I are think, definitely, yeah, definitely conversations we have. Yeah. And some of that stigma is wearing off. I, I think some people are starting to realize, y- y- yes, that, it, you know, it, there's, there's a difference between division one and top golf programs. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, I would, I would take uh, right now, g- give me Methodist and Emory versus the bottom half of division one right now. I'll take them yeah. right now. They show me, show me, I bet they win. I bet they win over maybe outside the top 50 in division one. I bet they have right there. I have no, yeah, I have well, no problem saying that. 
And I'm going to test and see if your guests come back and listen again. Give me Alex Price in a Division One event, you know, and hey. let me see what that guy can do. Right? Hey, he transfers to LSU yeah. as, a, as a graduate transfer, wins the first tournament. Okay, right. it, it's about golf, and that's the beauty about yeah. golf is it, there's we're not playing defense. Like, look, I I, I played yeah. other sports. I played basketball at Division Three level. I was a four year starter in basketball team. One year, the kids from Rapine, Wisconsin, came down to our Christmas yeah. tournament. And it was like, wait a minute, maybe we're division four because their front line was 6'11, 6'10, 6'9. And we're like, wait a minute, this is division three. Wait a second. But, you know, Wisconsin, there's division one and division three schools. There's no NAIA and D2. And there's some schools in division three are public and some of them are right. private. And that's right. So you get some of that. But in golf, it's just the golf course, man. It's there. Yeah. It's not moving. It's not playing defense. Right. So if you can golf your ball, you can golf your ball no matter where you are. And I think that's yeah. one of those things we we continue to kind of put that out there. And I think that's the more exposure we continue to get, I think the the better it gets. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, I think the, the kudos are due are to those to those coaches who have built programs that have sustained excellence and have gained depth. I mean, when you look at you guys went over this before, you look at the B teams out there that are posting yeah. numbers. And that's you know, now it's <laughs> We can have long conversations around sub varsity and B teams and what that means and how you quantify that. But when you have a B team in the same event that an, your A team is playing, that means it's your six to 10 guys. And your yep. six to 10 guys are that good. And God bless you. Keep it up. Hey, look, sometimes that is a not so fun situation. I've been in that situation a couple of <laughs> times. Hey, choosing between one or two guys to figure out how to get the lineup right is good. Choosing between five or six can can drive you mad. And, yes. and there's a few schools out there that are having that problem with uh, transfers and everything else. But well, coach, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. We will, I'm sure talk to you again. And I know that you will come and sit with me uh, while we're at nationals at some point in time, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anything you need, we're here to do it. I'm, I'm here to, to help promote again, SID background here to promote division three golf. Let's do it. All right. Great. Thanks. Thank you.